spirituality, consciousness, health, and mindset. Welcome to the Ascend Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Chris Hopper. And I'm Dan Harrison. Together, we are all wisdom and knowledge. Hey, what is up everyone? This week on the Ascend podcast, we bring to you another episode of Observing Our Thought. And if you're new to these conversations called Observing Our Thought, basically we call these conversations our therapy sessions, where me and Chris sit down and explore some of our deepest thoughts and in the process, share them with you all. And we always have new thoughts, new questions, new concepts, new tools, and new ideas new rants and new pieces of philosophy that we're constantly playing with or toying with in our minds and we just basically just share them with you all and the feedback that we get from these conversations these observing our thoughts really is incredible and we're just so glad that mine and chris's deep thoughts and experiences is also very relatable and brings some clarity and insight in your own thoughts and your own human experience and i just want to say as well that if you feel that these conversations and the podcast in general do add value in your life, please consider becoming a patron and supporting the podcast. And patron is the best way to support what we're doing here. We haven't got many patrons and it would be incredible if over the next few months we could at least increase that amount over the up and coming months. And any amount that you choose honestly will be a huge help. And me and Chris, as you know now, are traveling to different parts of the country now, trying to bring you the most genuine, and authentic in-person conversations and the more people who can help us out and support the podcast for our patreon page really will be a huge help and even if we can just get enough money each month to cover our train tickets to travel around that would be incredible so if you want to support the podcast and help the podcast out please go to www.patreon.com send and go to the page there and sign up for any reward tier so anyway, another episode of Observing Our Thoughts. Enjoy. So another episode of Observing Our Thoughts. Yeah, Observing Our Thoughties. <laughs> I think we've done this before, haven't we? <laughs> Um, deja vu deja vu aye. <laughs> I'm sure you were in the exact same clothes 10 minutes ago <laughs> <laughs> alright um, so what's been on my mind oh was that <laughs> oh, oh yeah oh, who knows <laughs> now you were naked alright <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, right, so actually this is a big thing for me because I've been contemplating this for a bit and meditation I love me meditation because I've really been into it at the minute and especially when I'm deeply into it, and when I'm deep in thought and deep in deep in the breath, I found a like a little clue to the next progression of my stage of of life, and it was separating myself from self help. And self help for me has been honestly like the bread and butter of my life for the last four or five years. It's honestly it's been the backbone, been Pro- the foundation. Yeah, probably see about ten years to be honest, and. I've been so indoctrinated to it. I've been lost in it, really. But that type of thinking, 
keeps you so limited, so limited in your potential, so limited in your mind, and you can't become who you truly can be if you're stuck on them whole principles of self-help. Yeah. So what I'm actually planning to do now is really, right, I've kind of already done this in my mind, I've addressed the whole concept of self-help, um, addressed to where it is in my life right now, and I've accepted it being a big part of us, and I've accepted it um, where I am in the journey. But now, to, in order to like get to the next stage of like who I am, I just need to keep these on like on a they're there, so they're there. Keep them on a, yeah. on a keep them always with us. But know that it's not me, and it needs to in order for me to become the best version of me. I need to start addressing like the bigger questions in life. Yeah. And these questions are the next chapter in my life. I mean, I think that's what happens with the, with the questions. Or when you do start realizing, we we know that, like you said, there self help is a, it does create this foundation for you. Mm. But when you start asking the bigger questions about the universe and whatever it is, you realize that a lot of them questions are on a lower level of consciousness. Mm-hmm. And what this is one thing I've realized about self help is a lot of, a lot of all this deep work. You have all these different gurus around the world who are talking about self help and all these different ways. You actually start to realize that self-help the things that you learn in self-help really deep down are the things that you already knew deep down yeah no does that make sense mm-hmm. yeah it is a lot they're just kind of re- um, reaffirming them in your mind really yeah. i mean drink water like how many people tell you to drink water in it's just it's just the process of you actually, already know you need to yeah, do it's that. actually the process of just doing it just doing the work that needs to be done that is honestly the if you can, that's any sound advice anyone can give you is just do the work that needs to be done and if you can really just take the actionable steps put them in place even if it's just five minutes of you going downstairs to get a glass of water yeah. instead of getting a can of here's a question right why do you like think why do you think we need to do that as human beings because see if um, so pleasure monkeys as Joe Rogan likes to say I know but I don't mean that I mean why do you think we need this this sort of Refirmication. I, I don't know if that's a word, but like, uh, why, why do we need this? Why that's do we need to refirm ourselves? That because we, you're, like I said, if we're in self-help, you already know. You know the these deep these truths that come through mm-hmm. inside. You already know them. Like internally, you already know what you should be doing. Yeah. But you're not doing them, and then you hear self-help, and it refirms them. And then for a few hours, you'll do them, and then for a week, you'll do them, or you know what I mean. Whatever you set in your mind. But mm-hmm. why do you think we need? Ref- actually, why, why do we think? Even though we know them deep down, why do you think we need to be? Like sort of, I don't know. Told what I, we already I, know. I don't Does know that why, make sense? but yeah, I know. I know what you mean. I, d- I don't know why. Um, I thought of this, but I, th- I thought again of the grey wolf. I'm um, sorry, the, the two wolves. And I was thinking, you're just feeding that other wolf more in your mind, to the point where you're starving the actual healthy wolf, the one that's going to provide betterness for you. And so, you keep, if you keep on feeding the other one bullshit, and negative thoughts, and crap, it's always it's always going to be like in there. It's always going to be the time where you think. Yeah, I'm not gonna go to the gym today. Yeah, I'm just gonna. Think eat it's laziness. Food. I think it is part. A big part is laziness. I think it's not really. But then again, it is laziness. But then it's. Oh, I think there's a big, bigger problem. I think it's purposefulness. I don't think that if you don't have a purpose, then I think you're very restricted, because you, you if you've got no direction, you're just wandering. Yeah. And you're just gonna wander. Any any anything's gonna give you instantaneous pleasure, because that's what I would do, if I had no purpose in life. I would just be driving towards. Yeah, I want to have this because it's going to make us happy. Yeah. For instance, it, you you're going to be playing like you're just going to be getting what's instantaneously pleasurable right there and then, instead of focusing on like a long term beneficial goal. Even if you you want your body to look good for the summer, that's a long term beneficial yeah. goal that is going to 
completely change your thought process. It's going to completely change your diet. It's going to change your way you um you plan your day. I mean, everything changes when you've got a purpose, and that's a small purpose. That's that's what I'm trying to get rid of. Is like that's great for someone who wants to get into the game where they think, yeah, you know what? I'm going to start. I want to get my body right. Good. That's a great starting point. But there's going to be a point where you've got the body, and the body. It's not just like admiring the body going yeah I've got my goal I've reached it I've got the body what happens after you've got the body you just go back to per- like living a life with no purpose again so then they start going back to the instantaneous pleasures that's why a lot of people's diets don't work because yeah. they don't have the long term planning or the long term process set in set in motion everyone wants everyone wants it but they don't want to um, once they've got the goal they don't know what else to do but this is what's so interesting yeah. about you is because you've actually adopted all these um, in your life and this is why I admire you in a sense you don't let it define you I mean you already had these in place and after you've even achieved your goal because I know you've got the body you wanted I know you yeah. you were training exactly how you wanted but you didn't it didn't let it define you but you kept on training why do you keep on training why do you keep on eating the way you do why without a purpose like you didn't you never had the purpose for a diet yeah but you always had that stuck mentality and that's what i've always wanted to know about you i always want to know that yeah i don't know i mean i've i've questioned that for years i mean i've always been somebody who when i do something i do it 100 percent. like i've always had that characteristics where no, no matter what i've what area i've tried to choose in life i've always went it went it 100 percent. and i've asked the question is it something that i've is it something that was already inbuilt within us? Like, is it? Do certain people on the planet have this have a have a characteristic that biologically, like genetically, already there, or do we have we developed that? Like, does our environment mm-hmm. shape us who we are? Because I remember when I was a young child, like I'm asking back now, like the environment that I was in. Like, I remember when I was a young kid and I used to play outside. I used to be out on the streets all day, just running around playing football hide and seek whatever it is all day constantly building camps Mm. constantly in in an outside environment I even ask myself does that environment did did that environment shape shape that who I am does that have an imprint who I am I don't know I think it has these are questions I'm asking I mean I don't know is it it to do with our environment is Mm. it the people is it our family is it the people we associate with or is it is it a void of all that because we even know in society now that people, certain people can have the worst family but then they can still come through the other side and become something different mm. like what separates what separates people who like you said you're, you're defining me now I'm not like being big headed I, I like I want to thank you for the compliment but I'm saying well, like what does define people because I know that I can do that like I recognise that with myself I know mm. that I'll do something and like you said I got the I got the body I wanted but I still just tra- keep training yeah. and keep training maybe it's because I understand that. You understand that. I think you understood the, pr- the bigger picture. Yeah, of course. I understand the bigger picture, but understand as well within that you, you, your life's a cycle. Like you're constantly redefining who you are. Like I'll go in the gym. So like I've I've went in the gym loads of times, but I've keep re- redefining who I am. Mm-hmm. Like, like yeah, no, I've noticed like that as well. One time I used to I used to used to be body orientated, so my focus was constantly my body. It was body, then CrossFit, more fitness oriented, like functional, and then it went to more like boxing and like a lot movement, of yoga movement and, and then like it's now I know it's all natural movement I think movement. it's because no matter I think that's, I could it's just, a lot of progression yeah, isn't it I think because we're just we're, just, we're constantly in each different segments of life we're just refining who we, who we are and maybe I, I understand that it's in that in them processes that I love doing that I find myself more and more 
that's that's maybe that's, that's, that, that's that what, could be a reason why I think that's a key that you know you, if you just enjoy it enjoy the process then it can become a like a, a long term shift it can be a long term change but it, um, when you're talking to people who's still on a diet at the age of 60 and 70 and you think why are you why are you still contemplating like diet at this age I mean obviously there's a point in like in time where you have to you have to do like really look at your diet and you have to like analyse it but like we were talking before it's simple processes of eating fresh um, naturally organic foods versus bull versus crap versus fried processed bull and when we're actually if the choices are there obviously that one might taste an unlike to that one because you've conditioned to like the fried chicken more than you have a salad <laughs> yeah I think it's about actually redefining your reality of like how you see the world that's what I think it is mm, but here, here's that's a, here, a really good here, point here, by the here, way here's a question right because you said to me that you you were recognising within me that I'm somebody who like you said I'll keep I'll do the practices and I'll keep doing the practice keep doing the practice and I think this yeah. and I'm not being horrible but I'm, I think a lot of people are not at that stage like a lot oh, of people aren't so this is why I want to try and spring it back to you because I think you're at a more relatable stage and oh, I'm not digging, I'm no, not no, no, I agree I am, but right. I think the reason why I want to ask this for is because I think this is going to give loads of value to people who are struggling with this why do you think that you, you're somebody who who like I would say that you're somebody who bounces in and out of that like oh, you have yeah, more struggles okay. than I, I do but I think what you see on this I think could give value more value than because people can't see the reality that I can see in my mind. I'm not being mm. big-headed. No, no. But I mean, you know what you know what I mean. Like people can't see that reality, but I think you're at a very more relatable stage where people can are in that balance where they they keep slipping in, slipping out of it. So why do you think you keep slipping and slipping out of it? What's the what's the that's struggles good, that you sli- point, no, I think it's going to give loads of value. It it is because I've got a lot. Like, what's of, your, what do you struggle with? I mean, I've struggled. I've struggled a lot with a lot of things. I mean, it comes to the point where. I think it's um, mental fatigue sets in as well. I think, yeah, because because you're constantly contemplating the decisions you make instead of making it habitual, like a, a habit, like you already have. I haven't. I never made it a habit. I never went past the thirty days to, to like to really install it in my mind. So I've constantly kept on going like back to processes which like are probably not necessarily good for us. Like um, eating a bad food, eating bad foods, I might, I might feel like you know what, I'm gonna have a burger and a beer, and I'm thinking, and then like, literally that that one decision transforms my whole life. I've got to think of it that way, but right at the time I don't, and then I'm like afterwards I'm like, bang it, dang I'm back to square one, and I've read a great book by the way called Mindset Matters Most. I've read it now, um, and it's some of the best I am. Um, mindset um, psychologists in the world and they're going through all the different um, different ways on how they're doing this right and they were telling us right they weren't telling me but when I was reading the book I was getting the impression that they were telling me like if you don't really install a habit after 31 days you will just go back to the, the internal process of like just eating because you're hungry for the sake of eating it so basically I would be eating to the point of just whatever I'd say instead of making the right choices I'd be eating the the highly dense foods because they would make me feel more full instead of a salad, and it's because I I know the difference between good knowledge. I've studied food for so long, and yet I'll still make the bad choices. Yeah, that's what I want to know. Why do I do that? And the real question answer to that is because it is the human experience. 
yeah. I've got to say it. It's my human experience. It's it's. I'm not going to say it owns us or defines us, but it's kind of like me brain's telling us like, yeah, you you want to go for it, enjoy it, and then I try to not like bully myself because that's the worst bit is when you start yeah, bullying yourself. Yeah. If you can just really appreciate it, the process, and you've done well and you've enjoyed your food. Be grateful that you've had that chance to ha- have that food. How, how does that process in your mind look f- look for you? See, like when you, because I've been there in the past where, when I was a few years ago, where I was I was sort of transitioning at this different mindset, where I would see in the past where, I, like I said, you, I knew the food was bad, but I would still, I was going through a process where I was still having this inner dialogue that was going on, saying, mm. "Don't eat this food, eat this food." Then I would say, if I ate the bad food, I would beat myself up for like hours after eating that food. Mm. But what what is that? What is that process of you? I mean, do you beat yourself up when you when you do you yeah. not you choose a bad choice? Do you beat yourself up? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Especially if I make con- continuously bad choices. I'll, actually, I'll give you an, an um, I'll give you a, an actual example. The other day, I woke up. I woke up early. I felt fresh. I went to the gym. I went in the sauna. I had a shower. I tidied the entire house. I did some writing. Um, I worked on the um, the show notes. Everything was flowing. Everything was flowing, and it, my mind was so clear and pure all day. All my decisions were eat, eating correct foods. I was drinking a lot of water, and my mind, body, the whole spirit, the essence of me felt amazing. And the next day, right, I slept in, missed the gym, and I couldn't be bothered to go downstairs. I turned the PlayStation on, and I'm just chilling. I just couldn't be bothered. And I was thinking, how am I constantly, not constantly, but how was I completely separate from the person I was yesterday? And I was thinking, I couldn't figure it out why I'd made the same. I had the whole, I felt amazing from yesterday. I felt completely amazing. Today, I feel like shit. Uh, why is that? I don't know why I actually went back to that process just because of that one decision of me actually waking up and missing the gym waking up late and missing the gym I thought that that's it me dear screwed it's because one bad mistake you, it can roll over it can be it can have that snowball effect and you can't let it do do that you can't let it define you like that yeah, and, I, and I do yeah I was going to say that one bad mistake can't you can't let that one bad mistake define you you've just got to get jump back on the wagon again like you're going to have them mishaps but I think that's the part of the journey to learn you because here's something like um I remember in the past where I used to, um, so I was eating, I remember a few years back I used to eat really healthy mm. and then I would say if I would, in the past I would eat a cake and there was that moment where I would used to beat myself up in the moment when I used to eat something bad but I tried to strip myself away from that actually define this but I actually tried to look at the bigger picture and see what could that, what did this moment teach us? Mm. Like what did this moment teach us? Like it, in it, it, that moment for me kept teaching me that the thing that I was doing wasn't good. So instead of beat myself up that I've done it, I would use that and grow from that. And then next time, try and remember that same feeling I had when I was in that moment of eating the bad cake, and try and before was, before was just because I know what's like when you, yeah, the pleasure monkey tries to pick up that yeah, piece yeah. of food. You go back in your mind and read f- and use the moment of the feeling that you had of where you were sort of you didn't you you felt how it felt on your because you, when you eat bad food you can't feel how it goes when it goes through your body you feel what that feeling you don't feel right you feel mm-hmm. crappy your energy starts to deplete and starts low when you start understanding it and tapping into yeah, it yeah, and noticing the signals but if you go back in your mind the next time you do that and use that use that compass of the last occasion that you did and try and like sort of 
bring it back into your mind space and remember how it made you feel and th- and I think you, c- you can keep building that you can build them powers up over time yeah. does that make sense yeah it does actually Dan. and um, th- if I can quickly just get this up I'll be two seconds get it up because um, I'm reading a book now about Japanese philosophy and it's uh, it's co- and actually it's the exact process of what you're talking about the Japanese call it uh, Naikan which means self-reflection mm. and it, this it says this guy who studied um, the book I'm reading I can't remember the name guys sorry but um the guy, the, the person whose book it is, who's the author, he studied and taught Japanese philosophy for 28 years. And he says that the most effective method he's found for self-reflection is called Naikan. And it originated in Japan. And it's a simple method that involves three questions. It's one, what have I, what have I received from? Two, what have I given to? And three, what troubles and difficulties have I caused? So if you use them t- them type of questions, them three questions, what have I received from, what have I given to, and what troubles and difficulties have I caused, then you can make the process of change. And that change can be continuous. And that is the process that we all have to be on. And them questions to me, if I can direct them, say, towards food, then I can understand where I'm going wrong. Because I'm, I'm addressing the difficulties, I'm addressing the understanding of my mind in the moments, and and that, even though it's something so simplistic like food all it is is to nourish the body I make it difficult and there's a lot of people like I see it like 95% of the world struggle with this and there's like the 5% who's like top of the game yeah, yeah. top of the mind who's sharpen on it and it's and I want it instead of becoming one of the 95% I want to be in the 5% yeah. I want that change and that's why I feel like self help is only limited to us and I need to go past that because I know the basics I need to forget about all them now and make them all habitual yeah and as soon as I pass them I can go f- go forth into these like new type of thinking like I said before though do you know how, what you were saying what makes them people different and I've actually I was just thinking of it there in my head trying to like sort of process it because I mean this that's a question that's a big question that I probably haven't even come to fortune like come to sort of honest, full understanding myself but I had something pop in my head there and I was thinking what does what makes people different like what deep down makes me different from from like anyone else what makes people like the I'm not yeah. saying like the, that 5% that you're talking about what makes that 5% do that thing when others won't or mm. maintain a maintain a certain thing in their life and the only thing I can think of now is choice or you I understand power of choice that's really that's the only thing i can think of in my head now is that the best people in the world understand that in any single moment like see if you're you've just ate that crap food and you beat yourself up for hours for days that next few hours after that you can choose Mm. you can choose it's always a choice like no matter what moment you're in you can just quickly if you understand that switch in your mind that you can you can just choose to do something different that's really good that man I, I, here's another thing I've read as well I've read another book it's called um, The Power of Know The Power of The Word Know Itself and it does it gives you like a huge sense of like power over yourself when yeah. you can refuse something and if you refuse something when you want something like such as like the bad food and you know it's going to be a detriment to who you are if you can honestly say no to that pa- that again just like I said before it, it continues with the momentum it's snowball effects into some huge 
intrinsic force inside you and that intrinsic for force is then you basically controlling your own destiny you make the exact right decisions however and whenever you need to yeah anyway that's about my mind what's on your no, house it's good because <laughs> it's good because i think you mentioned this to me before as well about you saying they the ability to sort of to sort of control like what you what you sort of the monkey mind wants that's what mm-hmm. i got from that there sort of thing it's what you were seen before one of your observing your thoughts that you said that was you wanted to talk about and you never went into it and i never went to mine because obviously prior to this podcast we were seeing seeing like just before we started this we were seeing things like have you what's your observing your thought what's mine just to sort of get get sort of prepped in your mind yeah. where you want to go and things like that and you went oh um i haven't really got any and i went oh it's interesting because i haven't really got any either mm. and then you went but one thing i am thinking about is stillness yeah, and I yeah, said, actually. oh, I'm thinking about stillness as well. And that's one, what you just said there, the ability to override whatever the monkey mind wants to do. One thing that I've realised, and one of my observing thoughts at the minute, is trying to tap into that stillness. Because we have sort of... Um, I notice this, this is a characteristic I notice in myself, and this is something that I've... That it is a period in my life where I'm sort of battling with at the minute, mm-hmm. is like sort of the external environment. Like, you, the world's moving so fast. Like, you know, like you have this urgent like feeling inside you that everything's going there's something happening yeah like you know like the, you've talked about before the fear of missing out sort of thing there's like there's constantly things going on around you all the time the world's moving so fast and you want to you and you have the you have, you've got facebook you've got instagram you've got youtube you've got like all these different things that are going on all around you mm. and you, you you feel like your being needs this constant bombard, bombardment of information you do actually and yeah, that's, really that's the thing that i've lately i've been trying to learn is to tap into that stillness and override that the instant urge to just be able to just constantly be connected to something like trying to be connected to something external that's what I mean mm. but realising that I need to calm the, calm myself down and tap into the thing that's internal does that make sense is that what you were talking about before the stillness is yeah. that what your stillness you want to tap into or is your stillness different my stillness is more about um, I love it how your stillness is connected to the external world because my stillness is connected to the internal and I'm finding answers now what I know but I'm finding them through a meditation about a stillness when I'm silencing me that's what I'm saying either that's what I mean that's what oh, I'm, right, I'm right, saying sorry, yeah. yeah I'm saying that just to reaffirm again just in case I didn't get across right I'm talking about so it's the same I'm, oh, yeah, I'm yeah. talking about what for me was the external world I'm re- I was realising the external world is going so fast that I'm realising that it was the internal self when I'm sitting just with me thoughts mm-hmm. that's the where I need to dis- yeah, I need yeah, just calm that now. do you know what I mean tap into the that, inner stillness that's really good actually because I'm finding the exact same it's kind of a power isn't it but we don't really know how to define the power and um, we think of it as the stillness it's it's still it's boring it's slow and it's not going to give us any much answers But and, and that's why it's it, so hard because when you when the external world's like sh- screaming at you that world's like it, it's, no, no. that world doesn't look it looks as it on the to the monkey mind that that world like this this the more calm the more stillness world doesn't look as um entertaining that not what's the word doesn't look as um exciting for the monkey mind does mm-hmm. that make sense I think as well though them fast flowing thoughts they also create a lot of anxiety a lot of depression and a lot of um a lot of the vast problems that we have in society yeah. because I don't think a lot of anything is getting really addressed to the point where we can really understand it when we really address our thoughts through a period of self-reflection and meditation and stillness we get to an understanding of us far beyond anything i mean in my when you meditate now you'll probably find this in movement as well when you meditate now do you just get like a period of answers 
that you weren't expecting like even the questions that you weren't even an- asking mm, all the time all the time that's my, my biggest moments in my life where uh i wouldn't even say it's a, i wouldn't say it's a quick answer i would say a lot of time did you say answer answers to questions that Ans- you didn't even ask yeah I don't. I wouldn't say not all the time. It's not an answer. I would say it, I get a. I get a question or just a, or more of a thought. Mm. I wouldn't say it's an answer. It's more just of something that like pops into your in your subconscious mind no. or something that you've. See, I'd call them answers because they, because um, just because it it probably will be something on my mind, but not at the time. But it would be need to be something I'd have to address. So it would be an answer to um, something that I need to know or I need, like I said, need to address. And when I can really process the answer, I like to think of answers as well because it's it's kind of me performing my brain to actually think of an answer instead of just thinking of a question. Just because I like to have a bit of um, a concrete structure to things. Jeez, man, this is going deep, isn't it? But we're actually talking about the power of meditation and stillness and we're trying to like dissect it to the point of where we can really understand it I mean we're trying to understand the power of the breath the power of stillness the power of like deep intrinsic movement of the the brain and the mind where the thoughts come from all these come together through only one thing and that's stillness like final stillness mm-hmm. what, what, where do you have you I mean this is what I'm questioning right I've questioned loads of times because I love that because I've actually found a lot of time when, I do, when I'm doing me uh, yoga and things like that it's like it's hard it's, it's hard to really explain this right and I don't think a lot of people won't understand this but it's like sort of it's within the spaces of the movement that the stillness is found so like say if you're doing a certain stretch there's like a period where you you change from one certain stretch to another stretch and there's like a stillness like or a space in between the movements that like give you, give, give you them sort of give like it's like give the space you that between the breaths like that period just yeah. between the the in and the out is where you really try, is that's where the CSN lies to be honest so I was actually thinking in my head there so see on a physical level right you're stretching your body and you're creating space with inside your like your biological body like your physical body yeah, you're yeah. creating space but is it actually the the creating the space not really like it is on a biological level like the body's like stretching like the the, the joints and the cells are, are stretching and are like being shaped and molded mm-hmm. but also is it like the mind is being shaped and molded like so like not only creating gaps and spaces within your body like on a structural on a like on a, st- a skeletal level like on a st- structural level mm-hmm. but like on a psychological level you're creating like spaces within the mind does that make sense yeah yeah definitely that's that- what I was thinking because I was trying to imagine the process of the like the when I'm stretching that the the mind also like sort of being like just shaped a little bit to create a space to f- think of a thought somewhere else and then I like that for that makes sense I, I do yeah it definitely makes sense definitely I mean I when I f- through meditation I do find like I said a lot of answers um, but you also find a lot of space especially when you can finally just focus on your breath I think that's that by the way that's a, something I'd like to talk about as well focus because when you are in a deep state of focus just through like exactly like stillness that to me is it doesn't matter if even if you're you're meditating or if you're at the gym or if you're in a full-flown yoga movement or even at work if you're in the middle of a focused um if you're right in depth of that moment and that's the key in depth of the moment whatever it is then you can really find it then you can really find like i don't know what how, what i i don't know if it's the answer to life or whatever but i think as soon as you're actually on point or in the moment 
something happens to you. I, I can't really I define it. But can you, I can't really think, remember this book. Can you remember how we had Stephen Kotler on the podcast? And he was talking about yeah, the flow does, state. Flow, he talks about flow states. And he was talking about how flow, when you aren't in a deep state of flow, it opens up something like neurologically or whatever you want to call it that makes you ask them bigger questions like it mm. it puts you in like sort of like because some people define like a flow can be like an altered state of consciousness where you're tapping into this deeper state of self or whatever you want to call it so that becomes like it opens up a window of time where you can I mean here's something is it is it what like Carl Jung he talked about he said it was the collective unconscious like where it's like all your thoughts and my thoughts are all all one all one yeah, and are we that. just really con- like is that is that what you're doing are you really just because I've asked myself when I'm doing yoga where are these questions coming from like I, I know there's things in my daily life that are like are being inbuilt in me in my unconscious mind mm. where like I'm get, having interactions with certain people or watching certain things or listening to certain podcasts it's like collecting in me my subconscious mind so maybe when I have a dream or maybe when I do a yoga session or you meditate these come through but I still think there's something deeper that it's come. it's like it's it's like picking from somewhere else. Does that make sense? Yeah, I like that, brother. Well, I, to be honest, it's where it is, though. I mean, it's kind of like touching into your Akashic records, really, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Although that's what people define it. I think define it different. Like obviously, mm. Erzin Lanzo, Akashic records. People define Carl Jung. He said the the collective unconscious. Like people call it loads of different names. The mm. Aspr- Australian Aborigines they called it the um, the holographic universe. Like whatever it is. Ah, <laughs> oh, it's fascinating, though. See, you know how a lot of our um, questions always lead to the same type of um, answers. Mm-hmm. It's because there, there is, there must be a path that leads there. There must be some form of truth that's given there, and then that we need to address and we need to find. I mean, when we can really touch on the Akashic uh, records and the uncollective consciousness, and I mean, they're talking about the vastness of like where intelligence is lies. It's like where does that it get? I think it ties in as well. Where the thoughts come from? That's where it ties in. Exactly. That's a question I keep asking myself. Where we all, we always co- we can you can kind of pinpoint most of our answers that way. What we asked questions such as like where the thoughts come from. Yeah. And we we're just two lads trying to find it, and I think that's. But beautiful. I think in your daily life, though, you can ask them questions. Or like, where does I think we all know like where you like sort of your habitual patterns come from. Like they come mm. from anyway. They come from like a lot of our habitual thoughts come from like our evolutionary standpoint. So like, like female, 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 food, 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 fight, 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 fight. Like move, 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 move. And that's understandable because like you could be in danger. Evolutionary, and stuff like but that. I think in between that, there's like there's questions that come from somewhere else yeah does that make sense like you have your basic need of questions like you, 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 you on a biological level you're constantly, your mind's always asking but then there's um, bigger questions because I don't think we, we don't you don't question yourself mm. like yeah, you, you don't question your thought like you, no, don't, you don't you don't you, you just question your thought as your own like, yeah, you, you know, when you're just sitting with yourself and you're doing yoga or whatever it is, or you're even walking down the street or you're at work, and you you have we, we've talked about this before on the podcast. So you have can I ask thousands you and thousands of thoughts all the time, but you uh-huh. never question where them thoughts are coming from. Do you from. think your thoughts are yours? I don't know. I really don't know. I've questioned this loads of times because, like I said before, is it how many, how much, like I've just said there, how many, how much of my thoughts are coming from an evolutionary standpoint, like. All in the over the over the over the, in the past, like or past generations of who who I was, like the, on air ancestral, mm-hmm. like how much of them create shape me thoughts? How much does the modern world shape me thoughts now, or is there something deeper that shaping me thoughts? Like who are we really? That's a big question, that mate. I've I'm uh, another viewpoint. When I was suffering from uh, like a bit of anxiety before, 
um, I had a deep meditation meditation session, and it gave me the answer. Um, and it kind of stopped all the um, the negative chit chat, to be honest. And it was basically, I just seen thoughts as babies, and I said, either the I. It's hard because it's beautiful in my mind. It's hard to say in words, but each single thought I have is a baby, and I, and I just, all I need to do is really acknowledge that's there. If I want that baby to grow and nourish, I'll give that thought attention. So I'll nourish that thought. But if the if there's a baby crying, like the anxiety, the depression, that's like really loud. Just understand it's a baby. It's still just a little baby. It's a baby that wants to be heard. So just understand it's there. Give it acknowledgement. Just him. I understand you're there. Yeah. The, uh, you'll always be with me. I'll, I'll always have bad thoughts. I'll always be, I'll always be struggling at a certain point in life. And I understand. And I respect that. And when I found like when I finally give it like that attention, that thought, it kind of grew, goes away. And it's basically just because I've hit something, like a knowing that. Not a known. It's more of an acceptance that the thoughts there, and it's gonna, it's been addressed. And I'll understand it's still gonna be there, even it could be there tomorrow, or the next day, or whenever. But when it and uh, when it arrives, I'll just give it another acknowledgement. To, yeah, no, I still know you there, and that's it. That's it. Kind of, it just stops like that. It's so weird. Yeah, I love that. I love that. But it's 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 like the other thoughts. though when I'm feeling creative and I'm my mind's flowing with incredible ideas then I'm just like it's kind of like I'm feeding the baby I'm nourishing it I'm and I'm really like playing with the baby and it's like and then so many ideas start spanning from it and it's so great I mean and then I just I turn around I see like a field of babies yeah it's like look at all the other thoughts that want my attention on my mind that's kind of like the unconscious thoughts that's always going to be there so I like that because you were sort of saying to me there so what I got from you is that you're like sort of detaching yourself from the thought like realising the thought itself it isn't you it's like sort of just it's just maybe just sort of flowing through you like you're not too much much emphasis on the thought itself and that's interesting because it ties into one of my observing thoughts I had right is what in a process that I've been been doing lately is a process to realise of like so anyway, what I've been doing is, is right. It's, oh, it's honestly, man, you have so many thoughts, don't you? You do. One, right. of the, one of the things I've been doing lately is, is I've been doing. Um, I've been meditating on my own death. Whoa! Honestly, uh, you want to? Tr- it's really interesting. You should try this. So people are going to be thinking like, "Wow, how what a downer point that is!" Like you're going to be meditating on your own death. Yeah. But it, it per- when you when you meditate on your death, death, it, it actually it gives you so much. Um, it actually detaches yourself away from the thing itself. Like you said there, you were detaching yourself away from the thought. Like when you meditate on your death, it detaches yourself away from like who you who you are or who you're supposed to be. Your reality. Like your reality now, who you're supposed to be. Well. So what I was doing is when I'm in these uh, doing these like death meditations, I'll like. So crazy, that man. I'll just sit and I'll just imagine. I did this every day. I just imagined myself. I didn't. I did a walking one as well every day. I did this. Is a walking example as well, where I'll just um, I'll just be walking or I'll just be sitting meditating and I'll just imagine, like me myself, like being gone, like disappeared, and I was like thinking in my head, like what would your parents think? What would you like, your family think? What would your girlfriend think? What would your boyfriend think? Whatever, and um, initially people would be sad, like they would be sad, 
like I could envision everyone like mourning like thinking oh god what we're going to do without yeah. and stuff like that <laughs> I need to kind of, where's who's going to actually put the, the, the podcast out <laughs> <laughs> that's funny that so like thinking of things like that in my head and then I actually realised after a while that eventually just like anything in life that would disappear mm. like that feeling that they have in the mind and the thoughts that they have in the mind about missing you would eventually just disappear like eventually they would just that's really would powerful just, that just nothing. Whoa, I did not think of that yeah I never th- you always think on like how people are going to feel and, and react and yeah definitely yeah they're going to have an emotional connection but that you seeing that um, before sorry before that sorry me seeing this now <laughs> is the <laughs> ego talking is me thinking they're mourning over me yeah so it's kind of like me thinking like yeah my ego is still remaining my 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 um, ah, what's the word? My part in life, basically. My part in life still going to be congruent in other people, so I'm still going to be playing a lot of role in other people's lives. But if you can get past that point, past the ego of thinking like, yeah, I'm still going to be here because people are going to be mourning over me. If you get past the point of thinking, yeah, well, their thoughts and their emotions and their physical connection to you will vanish, then I have never ever com- contemplated that. I've never have. I've always been that little egocentrical moment where I think I never ever look beyond people's thoughts and emotions. Yeah. Of like me, that's powerful. Is that? I've never. I did that actually. Yeah, I'm because gonna, I think, I'm gonna try that. I think in in life, right, the big the big elephant in the room is death. Like in the back of your mind, the back of my mind, deep down, you already like. I don't think there's a day that goes by where I don't actually think about death. There's like not a day that goes by because I think deep down I think we've talked about this before on the podcast we had already degree on the podcast and I think that's mm. one reason why as a humanity we're trying to become prolong. mortals become, we're trying to pro, like, prolong like our existence on this planet because we're, we're scared of that we're scared of not being yeah we are that's, that's what I think it is but like no one really addresses that, that the big elephant in the room of like what would happen if you weren't here it's like, like when, would anything really change it's like when um, Achilles um, Achilles seen his mother and his mother was like a wisdom or a, uh, she was very she was a psychic yeah she's seen like the future she said if you stay in stay here you will be lo- you'll have a beautiful wife you'll have a beautiful family yeah you'll be treasured you'll be loved and your your children will love you and your grandchildren will love you but eventually your name will go you will eventually be just become dust yeah but she said if you go to Troy you will forever be in people's names you'll forever you will but it will bring your doom. It will be your doom. And but your name will remain. So what does he do? He goes to Troy. And you know why? It's because the ego. The ego wants wants it, man. The name that exists forever. Yeah. And that's why we have the Achilles heel. Because the an arrow went through Achilles heel. That was only part of Achilles what was weak. So uh, and now his he'll always be remembered. We'll always have the Achilles heel. But was it worth it? Yeah. Did, did would was his doom really worth? Did he miss out? Did he ever contemplate existence before? Did he ever contemplate the beauty of like having an amazing wife and feeling loved? When could he could he have got to the point where your meditation teacher where you actually look beyond every thought? Because I don't think even Achilles, the brave, the brave and great Achilles. I mean, I've got a plaque of Achilles on my wall. I showed you, Dragon Hector's body. Um, I got that from Greece and that to me symbolises strength but now when I'm going to look at it I'm going to look at it and see 
The ego. The ego. So that, oh. it's interesting as well, though. And just powerful, to, brother. That, that. Like really that. powerful. And interesting, and just to add another point as well to that as well. Maybe this is a good place to wrap it up as well. Is that in that film, Troy? He also said on the theme of death. Killy's also turned around and says when he had the scene at the end with the girl. Can you remember that where he's in the in the house, the tent with the girl, and he turns around and says, "Oh yes, yes." He turns yes. around. And he says, "He says, do you know why the gods envy us?" I love that. I love because this line. Because we're mortal. I love that. Meaning that nothing that. is nothing is permanent and nothing lasts forever, and that's why that's what makes life so much more special. The gods envy us because we don't live forever. Yeah, man, that's brilliant. That that's class. Yeah. Up. Boom. Peace and love. Peace, everyone. Boom. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. And I just want to say as well, if you feel that you gain value in these conversations and the podcast in general, please consider becoming a patron and supporting the podcast. And Patreon really is the best way to support what we're doing here. And any amount that you choose, honestly, will be a huge help. And as you know, me and Chris are now traveling to different parts of the country. And we're now trying to bring you the most genuine and authentic in-person conversations that we can. And some awesome guests. And the more pe- people who can support us will really be a huge help. And even if we can just get enough money each month to cover our train tickets when we travel down, it would be incredible. So anyway, if you want to do that and want to support the podcast... All you need to do is go to www.patreon.com slash ascend. And on that page as well, there's lots of bonus conversations and bonus rants as well. So not only will you be supporting the podcast and help us out, but you'll also be receiving bonus rants and podcasts in return. So anyway, just to play this podcast out, and this is a recommendation by Chris. It's a beautiful song by Nickelback. It's called If the Deer Was Your Last Deer. And the reason why Chris said that he chose this song is because it's a perfect song. He said that it symbolizes the importance of living and treating each day as it was your last. It's a beautiful song. Enjoy this song. Chris's recommendation, Nickelback, if today was your last day. Enjoy. We'll catch you next week. Peace. My best friend gave me the best advice. He said each day's a gift and not a given right. Leave no stone unturned Leave your fears behind And try to take the path less traveled by That first step you take Is the longest ride If today was your last day Tomorrow was too late Could you say goodbye to yesterday? Would you live each moment like your last? Leave old pictures in the past Donate every night you have If today was your last day If today was your last day Against the grain should be Every second counts Cause there's no second try So live like you've never lived twice Don't take the free ride in your own life If today was your last day And tomorrow was too late Could you say goodbye to yesterday? Would you live each moment like your last? Leave old pictures in the past. Don't hate.
Fly, fly, fly. 